0: Chapter 7 of The Road to Mandalay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC. The Road to Mandalay by Betha Mary Crocker. The Monster. For a considerable time, Mrs. Malone sat, stroking her long nose with her long forefinger, and thinking profoundly. There fell, in consequence, an unusual silence. At last this was broken by the old lady, who exclaimed with an air of triumph, "'Douglas, my boy!' "'I do believe I have got hold of a bright idea.' "'That's nothing new,' he rejoined with a smile. "'Come now, none of your blarney. "'You know the queer little monster you brought me some time ago. "'You see him there grinning at us out of the cabinet. "'Well, a friend of mine noticed him yesterday.' She is a bit of a connoisseur, and she said that, if genuine, that diabolical object has considerable value. Tomorrow I will take it round to a shop in the grove and get an opinion. Let us hear what the expert says, and if the object is good and marketable, I'll sell him and you shall have the money now raising a hand authoritatively i warn you not to say no to me again for if you do i'll just take the poker and smack the deformity into a thousand atoms oh well i suppose that puts the lid on said douglas but i ask you if anything in the whole world can be meaner than to give a present and to take it back. However, I'll consent to commit that outrage to save the monster. I don't believe he is worth a sovereign. Stop! I hear them moving in the drawing room. So, my dear boy, fly up to your roost at once. You know how it vexes your mother, to see you spending your time with me. Good night, my dear child. And rising, she laid her hands on his shoulders and kissed him on the cheek. The very next evening, shortly before dinner, Mrs. Malone sent for her favorite boarder. I've grand news for you, she announced. I've had the ugly figure valued, AND A MAN HAS OFFERED ME A HUNDRED AND TEN POUNDS. A HUNDRED AND TEN POUNDS, REPEATED SHAFTU. COME, THIS IS ONE OF YOUR GOOD OLD IRISH JOKES. ALAS, IT MUST BE HERE RECORDED THAT WARM-HEARTED MRS. MALONE WAS NOT JOKING, BUT LYING. SHE HAD NEVER BEEN TO ANY EXPERT the hundred and ten pounds were to come out of her own lean pocket this had been her bright idea when she contemplated the monster in the cabinet she was sincerely fond of shaftu during the time he had been under her roof she had never known him to do a mean or ungentlemanly action he was considerate unselfish and generous poor as he was also he opened doors handed chairs treated age with deference and in short conducted himself like the people among whom she had lived most of her life richard hutton was of the same type so were the two japanese but leviston her most valuable guest larcher and other young boarders had in her opinion no manners at all they smoked where and how they pleased barring the drawing room left cigarette stumps all over the house kicked off their boots in the hall were late for meals loud in talk arguments and complaints and supremely indifferent to the comfort of their companions. In some extraordinary and inexplicable manner, the story of the monster had leaked out. At any rate, it was in the air. Perhaps the monster himself had blazoned forth the fact of his own value, or Michael, the handyman, had caught a whisper from Maggie, Mrs. Malone's right hand. However it was, Mrs. Malone was not a little startled when Mr. Levinson, in his loud, resonant voice, shouted at her down the dinner table. So I hear you've come in for a wonderful find, ma'am, a Chinese figure valued at a handsome sum. Do you know I'm something of a judge of such stuff? old porcelain is rather my line and i'd like to have a look at the prize after dinner if you don't object and if the bargain is not clinched perhaps i might go one better mrs malone colored like a young girl or was it the blush of guilt would her sin find her out no no matter what the dealer said she determined to stick to her story. She would not allow him to see the figure. She knew Manash Levinston to be a persistent, overbearing sort of man. Nevertheless, she was resolved to defeat him. If the worst came to the worst, she would go to bed and either take the figure with her or hide it up the chimney but alas for her plans. Manash, scenting a good thing immediately after his cigar was finished, boldly followed the old lady into forbidding ground, her sitting room, and did not even knock, but just turned the handle of the door and walked in. He discovered his hostess and young Shaftu evidently holding a weighty conference with the figure on the table between them. Mr. Levinson, she exclaimed, are you aware that this is my private apartment and that such an intrusion is unwelcome? Levinson, not the least abashed, had snatched up the figure and critically examined it glass in eye for an appreciable time he stood silent and transfixed obviously gloating over the article in his grasp yes gloating with the absorbed expression of a devotee at last he spoke raising his voice almost to a shout and are you aware madame that this This piece in my hand is a most glorious specimen of old Kang-hee, an altar vessel, too, a most perfect, complete, and unique specimen of Chinese enameled porcelain dating from the Kang dynasty by George, handling it and turning it about with tender loving care. What an astonishing find! I've never come across such a piece, and I've seen a good few in my time. How did you get a hold of it? Mr. Shaftu gave it to me, replied Mrs. Malone, in her stiffest manner, and I picked it off in a stall in the Caledonian market, supplemented Shaftu. What luck! What incredible luck, exclaimed the dealer, nodding his big head. Well, Mrs. Malone, will you please inform your other customer that I will pay you three hundred pounds down for this piece? That rather snuffs him out, eh? I'll give you a check in the morning. And carrying the monster as reverently As if it were some holy relic, Mansa Levingston, expert and connoisseur, marched out of the room in triumph. End of chapter 7